two short parables from Jesus today about the kingdom of heaven. But you know, when you read them, it kind of raises questions, doesn't it? Here's a, a guy who finds a treasure buried in a field. What does he do? He hides it again. And then he sells all that he has and buys that field. What about the guy that owned the field? How would you feel if somebody found a buried treasure and then hit it and then they bought the field and all of a sudden said, look at I got a buried treasure. Or about this pearl thing. This guy's looking for pearls. He finds one at great price. He goes and sells all that he has and buys it. Now, it's nice to have a really fine pearl, I'm sure, but if you sell all you have, how's he going to live? How's he going to pay the rent or eat? Well, it's, you can't do that with a pearl, can you? All right, here's the thing about parables. Parables are not meant to be nice and cut and dried, easy, oh, Jesus said do this, go do this. Parables are written in a way to tease our minds into active thought. When we read a parable, it's kind of meant to get kind of a little bug in our, get us, oh, what is Jesus talking about? What does this mean? And, and so don't worry about having one fine cut solution. But it does strike me. I think both of them tell us something about God's kingdom. And this is how I see it. That the uh, first guy he finds this treasure buried in a field. Now, it doesn't say whether or not uh, he was looking for treasure or if he just happened to be digging a hole and there it was. He just kind of stumbles upon this treasure, really, doesn't it? It looks, sounds like. Now, the merchant uh, does is looking for fine pearls, and, but then he's kind of surprised to find this one of such great value, such great price. Uh, what they hold in common is that both people are so pleased with what they've discovered, what they found, it's worth giving everything for. That's the common denominator. This is this pearl, this treasure. At last, I found it. This is worth everything. And, and, in, and the guy that finds the treasure, he does it out of joy. He's just so happy. We don't hear about the joy of the, the fine person the purse, with the pearl, but it's, you know, it could be there. Maybe not. We don't know. But he knows that he's figured it out. This is worth selling everything for. This, I think, tells us about the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is worth giving everything for. And I think this is what Jesus discovered. And he wanted to share with his disciples. Sometimes I think we have this image that Jesus, you know, we speak of Jesus as fully human and fully God. We, we figure, well, Jesus got everything already figured out. Well, that's, yeah, being fully God, God knows everything. But it also says, uh, and you're going to hear it in the Eucharistic prayer today, Eucharistic prayer number four, he shared our human nature in all things but sin. And part of our human nature is we don't know what's going on. We have to learn. We have to discover. And I wonder if there was a sense of this, of Jesus having this revelation of the kingdom of God. This is the most wonderful thing in the world. This is worth giving everything for. 
And then he wanted to pass that on to his disciples. I think another way of expressing this, and I've used this before and I'll probably use it again, is a quote from Stephen Covey. The main thing is to make the main thing the main thing. The kingdom of heaven is worth everything, selling everything for. Now, anytime I hear this gospel, I think about when I was a young priest and I was the associate pastor at St. Mary Cathedral and the pastor was Father Murray. And Father Murray was not only the pastor of St. Mary Cathedral, but he is also the chancellor for the diocese. And what that meant was besides dealing with the issues with the parish, he anything that didn't go right in the entire diocese, it probably ended up on his desk. And sometimes he would come back from the office and he would say, four more Michigan winters. Because I think his vision was at the age of 65, he would retire and he loved to sail. And I think his idea was to spend his winters when he retired sailing his, his boat down in Florida. Well, guess what happened when he turned 65? the Pope asked him to become Bishop of Kalamazoo. <laughs> and, you know, being a chancellor, you've got to deal with a bunch of stuff. But being a bishop, it's even more, all right? And he said yes. And I remember making a point of going to his ordination mass in the cathedral in Kalamazoo, and he chose this gospel for his ordination. And I think he did it with that sense of, you know what, to be a service in God's kingdom, and however that's called, and it looked like God's kingdom at that point needed him as bishop, it's worth giving everything for. And he talked about doing it with joy, and there was a sense of him being at peace and accepting this new role, this new responsibility for the church. I mention all that because at that time, I was in my first pastorate of a little country parish, St. Alphonsus in Deerfield. And every morning, I would walk from the rectory across the parking lot to the church, and I would say, thank you, God, that I am here. Because I just loved being there. Well, it wasn't too long after Bishop Murray became Bishop of Kalamazoo that our bishop called me and he said, I'd like you to be Bishop of St. Agnes in the north end of Flint. Hmm. And I thought about it and prayed about it, and I was inspired by Bishop Murray, and I said yes. And what I discovered was, yeah, I faced some challenges there, but it ended up being a great blessing, a wonderful experience to minister. Uh, so I mention those things because um, I don't know if any of us will ever find buried treasure. I don't know how your pearl collection is. But I do know that the kingdom of heaven is offered to each of us. And I think the readings today call us to commit ourselves with our whole self. And there is joy 
in accepting and responding to what the Lord calls us to.